You're listening to the Women Talking About Learning podcast. My name is Andrew Jacobs. Welcome. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode, the voiceover one of the Women Talking About Learning podcast. I've never given much thought to voiceovers as part of learning. It wasn't until someone suggested I had a voice for radio, which I strongly disagree with, by the way, that voiceovers became a topic on my radar. A few days later, I was then approached by one of today's guests, who asked about a voiceover episode. So, here we are. Our first guest is Pilla Orti. For many years, Pilla has run her voiceover career in parallel to all her other ventures. She ran a small theatre company for 10 years and then became a trainer, facilitator and consultant. Her voiceover credits include the Spanish voice of the We Fit and the Gojetta's Zuli. Pilla is now looking into how in-house podcasting can help companies create a sense of community amongst their dispersed employees. Our second guest is Caitlin Dawn. As well as being a singer-songwriter who's been performing and recording her own songs since 2004, Caitlin also has a background in digital media design, including web and graphic design and film, has been a freelance designer for years. Caitlin dived into voiceover in 2019, building her own sound booth from scratch. As always, I'm in the virtual room when these are recorded, but only Pillar was able to see any comments or questions I raised. And this makes for a really interesting vibe in the podcast. This is Women Talking About Learning. This is Pillar and Caitlin talking about voiceover. Caitlin, we have the thumbs up from Andrew. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, awesome. Wonderful to meet you, Caitlin. As Andrew said earlier, I'm Pilar Orti, and I'm based in London, where I've been for well, since 1990. How about you? Hi, Pilar. It's really nice to meet you too. Um, my name is Caitlin, and I am based in the smack dab center of Canada. And um, yeah, that's where I'm at. <laughs> Lovely. So early for you, I imagine then. Yes, I'm at 11 a.m. Okay. Oh, good. So not, not too early, not too early. That's good. And Andrew says that you suggested voiceover as a topic. Uh, why was that? Well, I think that, you know, voiceover is so important with learning and development because, um, you know, to have good audio quality, be able to engage your audience in an, in an authentic way, um, that's so important with establishing trust with your audience um, and engaging people to keep listening. So I think, um, you know, if you can afford a professional voiceover actor to come in and do this, you know, I think that that's really important and it goes a long way in establishing your credibility, um, with projects, you know, just to have that, that professional, um, performance. But even if it's not, I thought it would be beneficial to talk about, you know, how important it is to have good audio quality, and, you know, the studies show that um, if you are putting something out that has poor audio quality, it influences whether people believe what you're what you're saying and if they can trust the source of that information. So I thought it was, you know, a good topic. 
So are you thinking when you're saying about learning, are you thinking more of the recorded stuff that people put out or the live experience? Yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking, you know, e-learning, onboarding videos, all the digital um, technologies that we have for learning and development. Hmm. I'm quite keen that people uh, step away from the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so, I, I I quite like uh, so when when I was setting up for today and uh, Andrew's instructions say um, have your video on and I thought okay well I'll move all, everything to my lounge because actually my podcasting booth because I don't uh, really do voiceover directly from home but my my podcasting booth which is my bedroom and a canvas screen behind me uh, it's um it. it it's it's not uh, really nice with video <laughs> because I don't really have room for anything and there is almost no light, especially at this time. So um, I've now we've now got our cameras off. You're also in your booth, and I think it's really interesting now that a lot of people are doing a lot of communication online at their computers that they remember that they don't need to always be seeing each other. So when you're able to step away from the screen and use audio as a as a main channel of communication, I think that's also really good for um, just a little bit for health as well. Mm hmm. You mean when you're like live and chatting with people? Yes. So, for example, uh, in a well, it's just the, the typical business scenario of an online mm -hmm. meeting. So uh, we are recording in February. Oh no, March. It's sort yeah. of March. <laughs> We're recording in March 2021, and many people are having all their meetings online. And there has been this, um, yeah, there has been this desire to see each other, but also people are getting very tired, and I find I get mm. very tired. So. For me, audio is, for me, it's an underused channel in business, actually. Um, mm -hmm. you, you, you were thinking that it's an underused uh, channel in learning or actually a channel that can be better exploited? Well, I think when you are developing an e-learning module, for instance, um, I'm sure, you know, audio or a budget for voiceover is probably the last thing on the mind. Mm. <laughs> but... Um, I think if you can start designing these things with a voiceover in mind, that can really add so much value because, you know, when we're in the booth and you have experience with this, you're trying to be engaging with the copy. Um, you you kind of put yourself in this position where you're like, hey, who am I talking to? And why am I talking to? You know, you know why am I talking about this? And um, yeah, I think I think voiceover artists can really add something special. I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? Well, uh, yes, it's our profession. <laughs> <So> <laughs> now, um, but now that you mention it, so I can think of a couple of reasons why um, e-learning might be a part of somebody's uh, library of resources. So I think, again, that uh, e-learning as well as, well, like books or uh, uh, hand handouts were part of our tool. I think that what the e-learning can do also is it can make it accessible to people in other languages so mm -hmm. I'm, of course i'm thinking about uh, large organizations that have people in different spaces so now that i hope i have the ear of some of the people who work around this um I, there needs to be a lot of thought that goes into it because you 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 were saying that we've we've done some of this i've done a lot of translation where the main language is english and i've come in to voice the spanish 
and there has been little thought about how the packaging might then go into another language. So mm -hmm. the fact that a lot of these things that we're creating for our global employees are going to then be translated into other languages. Can we make our sentences shorter so that the languages that take longer <laughs> have more space? Because I have ended up in some e-learning jobs where, like you say, you want to pace it, you want people to understand the concept, you don't want someone falling asleep, but also you don't want them to be left behind. And I've had to rush through the thing because mm. there was no room and there was no room maybe later to even stretch the video a bit. So it's a lot of the time it's it's so much thinking needs to needs to go into that and the fact that when we write when we write down instructions or when we are writing down a module to be read uh, sorry to be yeah to be read by the learner when we are moving that to a script which is needing to be voiced we need to tweak it because we don't want to be reading a manual so yes what's your experience been or what are your thoughts around that about around have some of these uh, wells of information that people want to transmit have been transferred onto audio. Yeah, I find that actually a very fascinating um, concept, you know, where you take something that we write. I mean, we learn how to speak first, you know, when we're babies. We learn how to speak by listening and then repeating what we hear. Um, but when we learn how to write and we learn how to write sentence structure, proper grammar, all of these things dictate, oh, that's good writing. But when you take something that's good writing, it's not necessarily good speaking because when we speak, we speak very conversationally. You know, we use idioms, we use, you know, words that or phrases that we wouldn't necessarily think that's good writing. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's interesting when you study, you know, say you're writing a script, if you if you just try speaking it out loud, you know, how does it sound? Does it sound natural? Does it sound like something you'd say? to your friends, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. there's a big difference there. And um, obviously some things need to be of a more formal, you know, way of speak, way of speech. But, but yeah, I think that's something that um, I hadn't really thought of before I became a voice actor. And it's interesting that there is such a difference between written and spoken language. Hmm, yeah. And uh, Andrew's got a, because Caitlin, you can't see the, the chat, but so Andrew's got a comment about, well, he's got a couple of comments. One of them is referring to what we were talking about, the lack of budget, because some of this is often done in-house. And I think back to your point, even, even if we're having to voice this in-house, um, go back, like Caitlin said, you need to go back to the script and work on that before you put it out as the audio rather than just what you had written down to be read out. Uh, and Andrew's also got a comment about the that the design around video online and audio has to be combined thinking. And I really like that concept because it really is forcing us to think, okay, I know I'm offering this in a multi-channel way. <laughs> so maybe mm -hmm. I have the video with the voiceover. Um, maybe I've also got the written stuff. I might even have a live session that I do. What is done best in each medium? What are the advantages of each mm -hmm. of each medium? So I think, yeah, there's a lot of potential to be very creative. For sure. Mm. Yeah. And it's interesting about, um, you know, audio and video because um, I'm actually a musician and I put music out. And this last year I actually directed my first music video, which I'll be releasing in the spring. But 
just thinking about, okay, so this phrase needs to be this shot. And I storyboarded the whole thing. And I mean, there are some overlap for sure where you have, okay, well, in the video at this point, we need to have this phrase or this thing. And definitely designing your video to match what you're saying is important. And, and as you said, if it's being translated and you have a language that, you know, in, in English, it takes five seconds, but in Spanish, it takes 10. That's an interesting thing to think about also. Yeah. You, you directed a video? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> tell us, you have to tell me about that. And I'm sure the audience would be like, why don't you initially ask more about that? Yeah. Well, okay. So I've, I started when I was very young um, writing music. So that's why, you know, voiceover is such a natural thing yeah. for me is I'm used to being in the booth. I'm used to being in front of the microphone. So I had given it up for so many years, though, um, because, you know, it wasn't I wasn't getting where I wanted to get as like a career. Um, so I let it go for six years and it just broke my heart because mm. music is something that it's just so cathartic and it's so like in my DNA that I, I just, this last year, I was like, okay, it's COVID, I'm bored. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I'm learning a lot of, of things with voiceover, but I really need to to um, get back to music. So I wrote a song, I got it uh, produced by a man in, in Nashville, a great producer in Nashville. And then I thought, you know what, I'm gonna do a video because it's fun and it's awesome. So I came up with a concept, I created a storyboard, um, I went out and I location scouted. I found this amazing old car from the 60s. Don't ask me to repeat the make and model. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's blue. It's blue. And um, yeah, so I, I got this cool car and I, I lined up the, the film, the person doing the film for me. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I directed it. I said, this is what we need. I did the location scouting and then I edited it. I edited it. Wonderful. <laughs> I speak for a living. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but now we're talking, Caitlin. <laughs> so I'm just so excited to share it with the world. But it was a really interesting thing and a challenge to like get behind, you know, the storyboarding and the planning and all of that stuff. So wonderful. Yeah. I do think that I mean, I, I haven't actually, I haven't talked about this with other voiceovers, but I do I do wonder whether there's always some relationship between some kind of either love for music or connection with music and then the and and then using the voice because now that you mentioned that i i find it so much easier to voice when i have music when i have the right mm, music behind me yeah. so um sometimes I, sometimes I've, I've done spots or whatever and they they show me the spot it's got this amazing music and i think oh yeah i can really get into that and then okay let's go wild I was, oh no please play the music oh but but i can't split it from the original track uh, in in another language it doesn't matter <laughs> just play me that music because it just immerses me completely so uh yeah so so no wonder that i mean if you miss it you you need to yeah you need to go go back to it and uh, andrew is saying in the chat that he suggests that you if you haven't listened to the passion one which is mm -hmm. one of the episodes from it's not it's not uh, too too long ago, I think. Um, mm -hmm. He's saying that the guests talked through this very well, this whole passion and engaging with with that, and 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 I suppose not letting it. Yeah, no, well, I would say not letting it disappear, but actually just listening to whether it has disappeared or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because sometimes you need to put things away for a while. 
mm-hmm. and then you miss it and you need it. So sometimes there's seasons where things come and go out of your life, like if you're a dancer or something yeah. like that. Um, so that's yeah. kind of music for me. It's always there. It's a part of who I am. I won't always be doing it, but I will do it, you know, here and there. So. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, and Andrew is asking also, I, I love this. I've never done a show like this where uh, it's so, it's great. It's great. The, it's like the questions are coming from everywhere. Um, <laughs> he's asking whether we would recommend designing the video before the audio or the audio before the video when we're creating materials. Um, hmm. I, th- I think uh, for me, it, uh, it depends. Um, mm-hmm. I suppose it depends on how text heavy something is. So if you, re- I think it's quite nice and I quite, so, so how it's usually done that I've seen and how I work, I, the, the video's done and then the script is done uh, and you, you read over. And a lot of the times you have the video there, but I'd actually think it'd be quite nice to get given the script first and then create the video after so that the person reading the script can really take their time and you can really mm, yeah. give the time to each bit. <laughs> what mm-hmm, do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you're listening to someone speaking, it should feel natural. It should feel conversational. The person person should sound engaged, right? And not stressed about getting to the sentence <laughs> yes. in five seconds, you know, <laughs> and be able to breathe, you know, um, just being comfortable and in in the booth and being able to breathe mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard um yeah. to breathe <laughs> yeah. so yeah i agree um i think all, if you're gonna do the video alongside the script too like having these both both of these things in mind i don't know i but i agree we need the space to be able to communicate effectively so However, you need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> However, you need to do that. But remember that there's a person that needs to voice this and mm-hmm. sound human. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah. that the listener needs to enjoy not just the amazing visuals, but also the sound that's coming through. And also, especially if you want um, if you want them to be immersed in the topic, uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, yes, to give us the time to to breathe through. I think breathing is, again, so important and so underrated. <laughs> and <forgotten Yeah>. about. <laughs> Well, it's one of the hardest things when you start to do voiceover where, where am I going to breathe? You know, mm-hmm. you're focusing so much on being this character and, and informing these people and, and caring about the people that, that you're talking to. It's so much going on in your brain and you're like, where do I breathe? <laughs> <laughs> so you said that that is interesting when you started. Uh, how, how did you get started in, in voiceover? It's not something that uh, many people uh, go into by design, but, but what was, what's your story, Caitlin? And then I want to hear your story. I'm very okay. curious. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, like I said, I started in music and I released a couple albums and stuff like that. And... I was just at a point in my life where I wasn't happy with my career. I was um, running an, e- an e-commerce website and I just wanted to be challenged and take on something new. So I built um, a recording studio and I thought, you know what, I'm going to give voiceover a try. So being the, the musician I am, I was like, hey, audio quality is the number one most important. So I built my booth and then I started coaching through Edge Studio. They have a a wonderful program there and I just it just started from there and I became a member of World Voices 
and, you know, started meeting other people in the community. And my goodness, the voiceover community is just full of so many wonderful people. Like everybody wants everyone else to succeed. And there are so many cheerleaders. It's, it's really amazing. So that's how I got started. And, you know, there's some online casting sites. There are, you know, direct marketing, there's agents, there's so many ways to get work. So I'm really excited about delving into all of the ways to market myself. And yeah, and I think e-learning is a very interesting niche of voiceover because you really actually get to help somebody um, learn something new. And, and I think it really applies to people's lives in a very unique way. So I like it. <laughs> I love uh, doing e-learning jobs because uh, so I also work as a as a trainer type of person. And so anything mm -hmm. that's about like uh, organizational behavior or anything, I'm like, I'm really listening as I'm as I'm uh, well, I'm trying to listen to myself as I talk through it. Um, although, <laughs> to be honest, I, a lot of the time I start I start reading out and I have no idea what I've just said. Uh, but so it's it's really it is from that point of view, I, I do like that it also It, it also allows me to hear the language that is being spoken in organizations. Mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes when you do e-learning, that is not about any of that, but about, I don't know, some more technical stuff. It's also really interesting. Sometimes you, you do learn also through the oh, work. Yeah. Oh, that's the, oh yeah, I never thought of that. Oh, and someone has to think about that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, um, that's amazing. So uh, I think we, we, we've started at different uh, times uh, and at different times at which the industry um, is at so that's a terrible way of putting it but so mm -hmm. I started voicing um, I think I think my first job as a voiceover was in 98 so um, the, the internet was a bit like oh yeah some people have websites yeah yeah we all have email now uh, but mm -hmm. the the I mean doing ha having a home studio was something you wouldn't think of then right let alone being able to edit Uh, you would probably have to spend thousands of pounds on editing software and, and and on the computer. So I, well, I trained as an actress and I actually uh, replied to an advert in the stage, which is uh, um, the, the, newspaper, the newspaper for the acting profession and uh, theater profession here. And it was an advert for foreign artists. Uh, so mm. I replied and it took about a year to get my first job. And So I'm very traditional, old school voiceover person that goes into a studio. <laughs> and, That's so interesting, yeah. Yeah, completely different. Uh, goes in, so I went into the studio. I did my first job was for Cartoon Network when they were based in London. Uh, well, when they were doing the Spanish feed from London. And, um, and then I just learned. So I... I'd done classical uh, acting. That's my main thing. I was really into physical theater. But I just love sight reading. Mm. And for me, just being being paid to read stuff was like, hey, <laughs> you get paid for this. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's uh, that's how I started. Uh, I I did think at, at one point, so a few years ago, when I saw yes, yes, a, a lot of people are starting to build their their home studios, and um, a lot of the work actually for foreign voiceovers was able to go abroad and get really local talent. And I right. thought, shall I do this? And, and the, the answer was very obvious, no, because I have no space in my, in my flat to build a booth. But um, how, 
yeah, it's really interesting that you you built your whole studio. And of course, you had the love for sound anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, how does it, yeah, how does it feel to be your own producer and your own engineer? <laughs> and well, your own everything, because that would drive me crazy. You know, I'm just so used to it with music. You know, I, hmm. I've been recording music, banging on my guitar, singing and stuff since I was 14 in my parents' basement on my old massive Mac, you know, when they were like two feet by two feet, like those yeah. huge, huge Macs. Yeah. And then I've been editing since then. So, and I also took like video editing in college and web design in college and, and all of these things. So the technology aspect really came naturally you know, I use a software that I use for doing music. So it all was very natural. And, you know, building a booth, I built it with my own two hands. It's pretty awesome. I'm pretty proud of that because I'm not the uh, the hammer and nail kind of gal. <laughs> so that, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I would love that. I would love to have my uh, little booth. Uh, yes. And and also to build it, you go in and you're going into your own space. <laughs> you say, yeah. So much of you. Um, that's really warm. Um, so, well, I was going to ask you. Um, so, you, yeah, you have this amazing career that, that spans so many decades that you've done so many things. You started in theater and then you were doing voiceover. And then I'm just got a, I'm curious, what made you want to jump into the learning and development industry? Well, it, it actually came from the theater stuff because I started, so when, so I trained, then I ran a theater company and through that theater company, I was teaching theater as well. So I became a all-rounded theater practitioner. <laughs> so mm. another do-it-yourself person here. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, and I learned how to teach. And I, I loved um, I love teaching acting and I used to teach uh, physical theater. And at one point I went to a conference because I was also running the company. I went to lots of conferences about the business aspect. And uh, Toby from Tressel Theater Company, uh, he doesn't run it anymore. He, um, he spoke about how they had gone into corporate training using pretty much uh, key, key acting skills and teaching those in the corporate um, in the corporate environment. Mm. And I thought, hmm, <laughs> is there money in that? Uh, and, and I started to look into it and it just fascinated me. Um, it's, I've always liked running stuff. I've always liked to gather people around me to do stuff. So dissecting leadership practice and collaboration practices was really interesting because it's stuff that came naturally. And in doing that, I started to see all the different ways in which I could use the what I had learned, not about acting, but about ensemble building. So mm -hmm. when we were working in theater, my thing was to get a group of people who, who continuously learned from each other. I used to uh, create days, like workshop days, where we just met once every three months to to do stuff together, to teach each other things, etc. I was very conscious when we went into schools, for example, that... Uh, a, a, a seasoned theater uh, workshop leader would be accompanied by someone who was learning. So learning has always been part of how I like to, to live as well and, and enabling learning for others. And so I looked into that um, and eventually I did do some leadership training stuff. I did some team away days 
And then I met my husband in Holland <laughs> mm -hmm. and I'm in London. And, um, and also I was having to travel to Madrid a lot. And I just started looking at the online space. And I saw that there was a gap in that lots of uh, people were going to start to manage and work with people across the globe or again, working from home, everything. And there was a gap because HR and most trainers are very much a people person having to feel the person next to you. And I thought it's going to take a while until people go into the technology space to really train and really look at how things are done there and, and do stuff through technology. So that's why I went there. But then I discovered podcasting also. <laughs> and I yeah. thought, okay, this is even more fun because now I get like you, I get to uh, decide what the show's about. I get to speak about what I want. I get to use my voiceover skills. I used to, I, I use, I don't know, I meet lots of people. So it's, yeah, there's all, all these things that have been going on that um, it all makes sense to me. Yeah. <clears throat> That's so cool. So was this all put together before COVID hit? And then what, like, what happened with your business when COVID hit? <laughs> <laughs> it got quite successful. <laughs> Which I would was also, so. <laughs> yes, it's really, well, yeah, it, 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 it's very interesting. And so just going back also uh, for a bit to, into the, um, the voiceover thing, um, when I started to look at the training business, I thought, okay, I've got to, I can't do both things at once because uh, you know that the, well, actually I'll ask you, but uh, for for me, a lot of the work that I got, um, well, I, I was lucky to, to be involved in an animation series. So all those, the dates were mm -hmm. planned quite far in advance, but pretty much for me, the voiceover work has always been, are you free tomorrow morning at 10? Yeah. <laughs> Is it the same with you? I'm, I'm fairly new to the industry. So, but yeah, like things that I audition for are, are like, yeah, we might need to record like tomorrow. And yeah, that's, that's fine though. I'm flexible with, with um, deadlines and stuff like that. But there is a, a company in my city that I got on their roster. And so they said, yeah, things might just pop up. Um, so I'm really looking forward to getting the call come on yes. in you know I love going to the studio so <laughs> yeah and it, and it really and, and it is like this and I think it still is like this I mean sometimes you get a bit more uh, but I thought you know what I don't it, that's great but I'm not sure that that's how I want to continue with my profession I do like to know what I'm doing so I can get my teeth into it mm -hmm. um, and and also I love working as a voiceover um, but I wanted to do something else as well as and at one point I thought okay where's the industry going and where do I want to go? And I did see mm -hmm. the industry, as I was saying earlier, going more towards using voices that are anywhere. Um, so it's the double-edged yeah. sword. So on, on, the, on the one hand, it's enabled me to, to build my training business, but on the other hand, it's, uh, it's pushed me out a bit from the voiceover market in that way. And I did take that decision. Um, where, where am I going? So I decided, okay, well, the voiceover world can continue going down that path I don't think I'm going to join them so that's why I, I I continued with the training and actually yes this was way before well way before only four years ago <laughs> before COVID <laughs> um, and yes there's been more demand uh, for for our services and our and our training um, of course it's not what we ever advocated for <laughs> because this is something that needs to be done uh, in a paced way but 
yeah so it's it's yeah so it's been like that what uh, what kind of what kind of experiences have you had so far like with uh, with uh, with clients or with auditioning for some of the work how do you audition for for work well i dive into the script and i really try to figure out the why behind behind this this piece of 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 you know communication um who am i in the scenario who am i talking to why am i talking to them <laughs> I, I mark up the script and um, try to be as authentic, uh, down to earth as possible. And then obviously there's there's things where they want the voiceover to sound friendly or upbeat. Um, sometimes it's uh, things that I don't possess, you know, like powerful, authoritative. And I'm like, hey, I don't think that I fit those things. So mm. part of voiceover is also understanding who you are, understanding your brand, and understanding when something suits you and when something's not for you because you don't want to waste people's time so mm -hmm. yeah. yeah so i find that very interesting uh, audition process i i love diving into a script and figuring out the why because mm. uh, andrew was asking earlier uh, some of the key things that you learned when you started and so knowing what you are best at <laughs> so, yeah it sounds like that's one and, and that's something yes that we 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 all learn or are, are yes we, we you have to know and also like you say it's sometimes it's um you don't want to get into a studio after you've uh, been given a job or done an audition and not be able to do something because it took i don't know i found that i I started to say, sorry, I won't audition for this when I'd spent 20 minutes trying to record my audition, not prepare, but record. And actually mm -hmm. I just wasn't getting it right. And I thought, well, if I can't do it now, no, I'm not going to be able to do it in the studio when I, with the client there and, and everything and the adrenaline. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like right now we have um, like live direct, you can live direct through Skype or, you know, all these different ways. And um, that's very that's that's an interesting thing all in its own so I, I have that live direct aspect but it wasn't until very recently that i had an audition at the the production company in my city that that was a, a go to the studio and record it live but i love direction because it, it tells you you know basically when you leave you know that you delivered what they need because they gave you live direction i love mm. that it's it's clear it's you know if the person giving you direction is giving you clear direction and and stuff <laughs> yes yes uh, and uh, so along those lines andrew's asking uh what could we tell uh lnd people to get better voiceover and improve the audio on on the learning products um what 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 could we tell them caitlin <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, yeah, I think it goes back to good audio really does go far with with the credibility of, of what you're selling or what, what you're telling people, you know, and, and you want people to trust what you're saying, trust the source of the information, you know, think it's it's good information. And when you listen to a video for say, like, for example, that has horrible audio, you're just, I don't know, studies show, you know people don't trust it necessarily or there's an issue with credibility so whether you hire a voice actor which obviously i think you should do <laughs> <laughs> um but if you are not in a position to be able to do that 
you know, invest in a decent microphone. You know, you can get a decent microphone these days, like a Rode NT1. I think they're like $300. And jump in your closet, you know, set up a couple mattresses in a corner, you know, basically insulate your space so it's not echoey and stuff like that. And um, so at least that, that takes care of the audio quality. Um, it won't be as pristine as, you know, somebody who's got a full-on recording studio with that's completely soundproofed with like a $3,000 microphone. But um, I think if you're, you're doing it the DIY route, there's, there's lots of resources on YouTube about how to get good audio that you can check out. I don't know. Those are my suggestions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, going, so, so following on from what you're saying, if you're doing it yourself, I think if, if you put music under your voice, <laughs> it, will, it will make up for, uh, for some, um, for, for some uh, slightly less uh, good uh, audio quality, I think sometimes, but then you need to know how to mix it. So I think that it's worth looking if your budget is limited and you can't work with a voiceover to see whether actually working with a sound engineer yeah. is, 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 is a better investment as in you do your voice. Um, remi remembering though, that if your setup is not decent, the engineer is not going to be able to uh, do much with the audio quality. Mm -hmm. But if your setup is okay, if you have a quiet room, if you have even a Yeti microphone, which is, um, which is what I'm using right now, although it's not what I use for, for any uh, voiceover work and I've upgraded for my podcasting, but it's good enough. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you can get some kind of very quiet space, put, I don't know, uh, don't not necessarily go under your duvet like <laughs> some voiceovers. <laughs> and actually I did this in the, in the summer. I was away in Spain and we have a flat, which is, uh, it, it's a flat in Valencia, in, sorry, in Alicante, in the province of Alicante. So tiled floors, big rooms. Oh it's yeah. <laughs> it's so echoey. And there was one line, a client wanted me to do a job for one line for, but it was for a, a scanning machine, the beep. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Please insert your payment method kind of thing. Um, so it was one line. So I thought I can do this. I did have the good microphone there. And I just went in, I went on the bed. So there was that the mattress around me and then I put the whole duvet and this is like probably 40 degrees outside oh boy you do what you gotta do man you do what yes. you gotta do but I've heard I've heard the uh, voices do this or getting in in their cupboards you know and, and stuff like that um, so maybe you don't want to do that uh, for your whole script but that kind of how can you make the space that you are recording in as cozy and as mm -hmm. full of soft furnishings as possible that might help and then see whether actually investing in uh, someone who can stitch some music or something just to lift it a little yeah. bit so it doesn't uh, feel uh, like it's just the, the person. And then just going back to uh, working with a voiceover, I would say, um, again, it's it goes it's part of the preparation before you get into the studio with the voice is really important. Uh, so things I found helpful are well, one, that the script has been checked and triple checked and if possible, been checked for readability, as in just what Caitlin was saying earlier, to, to make sure that it's something that's easy to read out loud and that sounds mm -hmm. human. And any, um, if for some people, if you want to give them any strange words or brands, the if you want to give them the pronunciation in advance, yeah. that's also useful. So there's a lot of prep because then once you're in the studio, it's really, it's, 
sometimes it's just a technical exercise. You've got to make sure that the speech is clear, that it matches the picture, that everything fits within the time frame. And sometimes that I find that sometimes that's all the art I can give is just make sure that technically it's sound um, just because of time limits, scripts, whatever. So yeah. Any, anything else that's come to mind as I was yeah. Um, well, yeah, as far as, you know, setting your voiceover actor up for success, like what you said, making sure that um, that the script is good for, for speaking out loud, but also formatting your script in a way that's easy to read. So, you know, pick a pick a good font that's that's legible. Um, keep everything left aligned, um, double space, you know, with um, the, the space between the lines. Keep that nice and wide. And and if you're giving your script to the voice actor, make sure that it's editable because voice actors, we know we like to um, format it in our own way. So maybe we put phrases on separate lines. Now, this might not be possible mm. if it's a 5,000 word script or <clears throat> 10,000 words or whatever for the voice actor to prep all that stuff. But just give us something that we can edit because... You know, we might want to put little notes in and we might want to be paperless. So formatting your script for legibility as well is important. And if you're live directing or giving any direction, you know, that's to be clear with your direction. This is what we want. This is what we don't want. Here's who you're talking to. You know, all that stuff helps. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I can't edit anymore. And anyway, uh, we have to wrap up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think we could talk forever. We haven't even talked about podcasting or using audio only within uh, L&D, <clears throat> which I think is a whole other conversation and, and one that I think should be had in all departments is uh, where is the possibility of not just good audio when we're doing your classic e-learning that involves video, etc., but also how about the audio only? How about the the the, the in-house podcasting that I'm falling so much in love with? Um, mm -hmm. So and 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 why? Why would we use that instead of something else? So, Caitlin, I'm not sure how to wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would wrap up with one question for you. Oh, so because this is women talking about learning, is there anything that you think women specifically bring to voicing learning and development material that's I don't know, that's just a strength that we women innately have. What a fantastic question to which I don't have an answer. Can I <laughs> can I can I hear your thoughts first while I mull over that? Sure. Women. I think that we have a friendliness and an approachability to us that makes learning feel safe, you know? I think that's something. I think there's also something around, I don't, it, it, it's a slightly different, uh, it's a, I'm, I'm answering a slightly different question, but something that's come to mind is I did some time ago, some videos for the European Space Agency and they were, they had a presenter. So I was dubbing the presenter and it was a woman. So I sometimes think that in using, and this might apply the other way around, but sometimes in using a female voice in certain industries to voice certain kind of instructional videos, I think that can give it just another, I think another angle on, mm -hmm. on the profession and another angle on what we expect and who we expect to be mm -hmm. talking to us about this. So I don't know what we'd bring to it, but I think that it's interesting also to be very mindful of gender and see where the opportunities are just to add something else 
to mm-hmm. to the material apart from the 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 instructional information. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And not to say men aren't friendly or approachable, but <laughs> yeah. um I just think I think that if if um yeah, as you're writing it, don't just think oh a, a man should voice this because you know for whatever reason. Yeah, be open-minded and you know. Yeah. And maybe it goes to casting as well. Mm-hmm. Even even for something like an e-learning, even if you think actually, yeah, we think this should be this kind of voice, actually just balance balance the genders, balance the accents, uh, balance the 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 quality of the voice and just see what what could be also surprising for for the listener. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Andrew, we're waiting uh, for your <laughs> for your thumbs up. But uh, this has been an absolute pleasure, Katie. Yes. How, how nice from Canada! I just I'm I'm still blown away by the fact that we can talk mm-hmm. across the world with such great connections. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so <laughs> Thanks so much for talking with me and and Andrew having me today. Um, yeah, I'm just so honored to be here. So it's wonderful. I really hope I did. Pillar and Caitlin Justice and that the sound quality was as good as you'd expect from such professional voice artists. I learnt tons from this episode and some of the links including studies on the use of voice and how to craft voiceover scripts are in the show notes. I'd love for the conversation to continue about voiceovers. It feels like an underrepresented art within learning and We'd love to hear your feedback on the topic. Massive thanks again to Pillow and Caitlin. We couldn't have done this episode without you. And we could, as you suggested, Pillar, have easily rolled on into another episode. With some more recordings scheduled soon, and as always, the list of topics just seems to be growing. We've recently had more topics added to the list, including one on podcasts itself and also one from people moving from education to workplace learning and instructional design. If you want to be involved in any of those, and any of the other topics we have, then please do get in touch. We do read all your correspondence, we're just not as quick maybe as we could be at present to be able to respond to everybody straight away. All the details to get in touch with us, again, are all on the website and in the show notes. We thank you once again for listening and for all your support. And we'll see you again soon. You have been listening to the Women Talking About Learning podcast. Women Talking About Learning is available on all podcast platforms, including Apple and Google Podcasts. You'll also find us on Spotify, Amazon Music, and other music streaming services. Make sure to like and subscribe it helps more people find us. You can find out more about Women Talking About Learning via our website, womentalkingaboutlearning.com. Make sure you tune in next time for more Women Talking About Learning, for more of the signal and none of the noise.